Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This program contains strong language and graphic situations. Viewer discretion is advised. Today in the Dr. Phil house. Her drinking while she's pregnant is torturing that baby. Dr. Phil goes after the heroin twins' mom. You buy beer and drink with her. And reunites the twins with the stepfather they say abandoned them. How did you go for 11 years without wanting to speak to your daughter? You were supposed to be our dad, that you were supposed to love us unconditionally. Look at your dad and tell him. You could have helped me. I didn't know that quitting was an option. The Dr. Phil House Intervention, now. Coming up. Let's do it. I want you to get excited about your life. Here we go, in 10. Stand by, camera Nine. six. If you're going to talk to me, you're going to have to be honest. Stand by, Dr. Phil. Showtime. This is going to be a changing day in your life. I'm taking people with real problems and moving them into the Dr. Phil House. I'm going to put you under a microscope. Need a camera here, need one here. I'm putting cameras everywhere to see what really happens behind closed doors. I am moving in with you. Last time on the Dr. Phil House, we told you about 25-year-old twins, Sarah and Tacoa. They were two beautiful girls with a loving family. But when Sarah and Tacoa turned 12, their life changed drastically. Their stepfather divorced their mother, Cindy, and left the twins fatherless. Sarah and Tacoa say they filled the void of their missing stepfather with hard drugs like crack and heroin. Their addiction got so bad, they were both living on the streets as prostitutes. This is a cautionary story for every parent out there. How two girls with such potential and hope could go from this to this. Take a look at what happened previously in the Dr. Phil house. When you're high, a nuclear bomb could go off and you wouldn't care. I first tried heroin when I was 15. I introduced Sarah to heroin when she was 16. I had no idea that this was happening. I probably would have sold my own mom to get a fix. I need something to tie up with, anything. I spent months with Sarah. I've witnessed everything. I've seen her shoot heroin. When you do that one shot, it's just like magic. Oh, God, no. She prostitutes 24-7. Hey, this is Sarah. Two minutes. OK, I'm waiting on you. He paid like $80 for She shoots drugs very frequently in the cemetery. Sarah will shoot drugs until she reaches the point of unconsciousness. 
I married Perry when the girls were about four years old. But they divorced, and, you know, that kind of dream, that kind of fatherly thing that I was looking for crumbled all down. Perry was the only dad I knew, and he made me feel unworthy when he left. That was kind of the turning point in my life. I started vandalizing, smoking weed and drinking. They stole things from me to pawn for drugs. There was no way I could stop it. Perry gave them an ultimatum that if they didn't come live with him all the time, that he just would not have anything to do with them. We all make decisions, right or wrong, and it was not an easy one to make. The girls need to move into the Dr. Phil house immediately. We are in a race against their certain death or destruction. Tacoa, Sarah, Cindy, and I want to welcome you to the Dr. Phil house, but I want to tell you up front, you've entered my world now. The real challenge, Sarah, is the one that you're going to have to make to step up and claim your life, because we all know if you spin back onto the streets, we're going to find you dead. I'm having a really bad job. I don't feel good. I can't get up. Get out of the bedroom and lock the damn door. <laughs> yeah, shut up. I'm enabling Sarah. I don't want anything to happen so that they don't want to help you. I got my own going. So you're six months pregnant, and you take a hit of heroin, and you smoke cigarettes. How are you going to explain that to your baby? They just want you up and moving, you know, for Dr. Phil which I don't see is going to be happening. You went and told her that we were full of crap and didn't know what we were doing. Why did you go sabotage our efforts if you wanted her to quit? This is you if you keep doing drugs. Now, that is one skanky-looking co-core. Sarah, you can throw a fit. You can be a smooth-running bitch. I'm like a dog with a bone. You know what I'll do if you leave? As soon as you make a buy, we'll bust your ass and put you in the penitentiary. I'm going to get you off of drugs. You're either going to do it there or you're going to do it here. How's our girl? She's uh, she's over the over the hump, I think. Yeah, a little better today. Yeah, you're not as sweaty. Yeah, yeah, she's she's not sweating as much. You know. She's got some makeup on. Yeah, I put that on this morning. Sarah's been withdrawing. It's been pretty difficult. I'm really bad withdrawing right now. The first day, it was very painful, and she was complaining a lot. But today, she seems to be doing a lot better. But there's still a lot of pain and discomfort there. It almost looks like a different lady. She does. The worst part, I think, is behind me with the detox. All I have to do now is work on my mental stuff. I feel for the first time that there is some hope. Sarah is starting to sober up, but her recovery process is really just beginning. We needed to get to the bottom of why the twins' addiction to crack and heroin got so out of control. I felt like I needed to sit down with their mother, Cindy, to talk about her own addictions and find out why she would sabotage her own pregnant daughter's sobriety. Can I come in? Of course you can. Good. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit without the girls around. All right. We're in a pretty bad spot right now. You know, you've got two heroin-addicted daughters. Right. Do you have an addictive personality? No. Are you an alcoholic? No. you have a drinking problem? No. You have a judgment problem. Maybe at times. Maybe I have in the past. 
See, I would have answered every one of those questions differently. I would have thought you would have answered them differently. From everything you've told us about you, I think you do have a problem with alcohol. According to you, I mean, you'll go and drink too much sure, at times. You sure, agree with I that? Admit, yes. I said, do you have bad judgments? You said no. You have a six-month pregnant daughter that you bought alcohol for and drank with a couple of weeks ago. We were at a function. Drinking? And there was beer, yes. And she had a couple of beers. Was that okay with you? No, not 100%. No. Why was it 1% okay? You know that she is pregnant. Right. You know she's been on heroin. So you know that she's trying to stay sober. But yet you go to a function and drink with her. And you buy more beer. And she drinks that. And it's that night that she does heroin again. You and I are on the same team at this point. But I got to know that I got a clear-eyed, no kidding, no denial, being straight with her self-partnering this. I need you to help me, Cindy. We're trying to save those girls' lives. Right. And we're trying to save that baby's life. Right. I need to know who I got on my team and who I don't. Somebody that makes the decision that, okay, my daughter's been in jail for 70 days. She's been addicted to heroin. She's six months pregnant. We're going to go to a social function together. And eh, she drank a few beers. Six months pregnant with a baby, that's poison. You know that, or did you not know that? Yes, I know that. But you said it wasn't 100% okay with me. Why would it be one hundredth of 1% okay with well, me? Well, there is a point where she has to make a decision about what she does. But you don't have to implicitly endorse it by participating, by being there with her, by sharing the function. Do you value this baby? Yes. Will you ask her to get an abortion at 18 weeks? I didn't ask her to do that. She wanted to do that. You didn't ask her to do that because she says you did. This was something she wanted to do. I did not ask her to do this. If there was a baby in there being tortured right now and you could hear it yelling and screaming and there was somebody in there torturing it, what would you do? I'd go try to stop them. Would you? Yes. Well, let me tell you something. Her drinking while she's pregnant is torturing that baby. No different than if it was on the dining room table being burned with cigarettes in there. No different. She is torturing that baby when she is injecting heroin into her veins and drinking beer. And she smokes consistently. Again, torture, torture, torture. If you're going to help me help her, you've got to all of a sudden snap clean and say, that is not okay ever, told, never, and ever. And I tell her that. There was that one incident with beer that didn't happen again. Did you um, drink too much that night? No. Did it impair your judgment where if you had been as clear as you are right now, you would have gone over and said, put that down. You've just gotten sober. And, well, and I, should have done, I shouldn't have left the minute we started, the, the, the beer came out. Did you pass out that night? No, I went to sleep. Tacoa says you drank to the point that you passed out. Well, she uses the term passing out whenever I go to sleep. It upsets me because it is interpreted that I'm passing out from drinking too much. Were you drunk? No. You didn't affect Yeah, I was you. intoxicated, but I wasn't drunk. I can have them bring in a dictionary and we can look up drunk and intoxicated. What's the difference? Are we just playing word games? I had some beers. And I wasn't completely sober, but I was not drunk. I hope you're going to be my eyes and ears. I hope you're going to be my monitor. I hope you're going to be telling me what's going on. And I need you to look at this with the same severity that I do.
I think it is absolutely tantamount to a criminal abuse of that unborn child, and we have to stop it, Cindy. Right. This family needs a hero. You can't keep Tacoa off of drugs. She has to make that decision for herself. You can't get Sarah to get off of drugs and stay off drugs. She has to make that decision for herself. But we can set the world up to support that objective. But you and I have to be unrelentingly clear and not in denial about this at all. I think you do have a drinking problem. I think you do have a judgment problem. I think you are overwhelmed by what these girls have done. And if you're going to be my eyes and ears, you've got to be zero tolerance. Sometimes I feel like, like I've failed them as a mother, but I try not to focus on that. You're still their mother. You might not have got it as right as you wanted to get the first time around. It's time to reparent them. I'd like the chance. The first thing to do is save their life. The first thing to do is protect that baby. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next, Dr. Phil takes on the man the twins say deserted them. You actually adopted the girls. They're really cute little kids. I love them very much. I knew that they were getting into deep, deep trouble. They had robbed six stores. We had to push them out of our life. I didn't know that quitting was an option. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Today in the Dr. Phil house, we continue the story of Sarah and Tacoa. Once beautiful twins, now addicted to crack and heroin. Both girls say their stepfather Perry created a void when he walked out of their lives 12 years ago. A void they filled with heroin and crack. Now I'm giving Tacoa and Sarah a chance to heal old wounds and confront their stepfather and his wife Renee for the first time. I invited Perry to the Dr. Phil house where I could show both he and his new wife the horrific path his adopted girls took after he left for good. Perry gave me one condition for this reunion. The twins' mom, Cindy, had to be out of the house because he said he didn't want to have anything to do with her. Take a look. that first year ring? Oh, that's those t-shirts we made. This was a, that birthday party. Some festival on the coast. That's down at uh, Muir Woods. Hello. Hi. Hi. Perry, Phil McGraw. Pleased to meet you, Good sir. to meet you, Renee. Hi. Phil McGraw, how are nice you? Nice to meet you. Thank you all for being here. I, I really appreciate it. Have a seat. Kind of a historical uh, walk with these pictures we hung for you. Kind of a little bit of a flashback. Happier time, right? Definitely. How you feel about being here today? I feel good about trying to support them and what they've got to go through. I'm certainly nervous under the circumstances under which we had to make certain decisions quite a while ago. And that decision was to take them out of your life? 
or take you out of theirs, however you want to say it? Yeah, we pretty much had to go and push them out of our life because of what they were bringing into our lives. Renee suspected a lot more than I did. Yeah, I went through their stuff when they were 12, and they had robbed six stores, and the behavior was different than what I'd, I'd seen the three years prior. You actually adopted the girls? Yeah, yeah. So while not your biological children, you stepped up and did the adoption. And Yeah, as you can see from the pictures, they're really cute little kids, and I loved them very much. And it really tore me up to, to do what I had to do. Well, you say it's what you had to do, and I guess as a father of two kids about right. their age, I didn't know that quitting was an option. I didn't, well, under here, I didn't well, understand that. <laughs> well, here was the thing is, is um, I was divorced in 87. We did summers and Christmas and all this kind of stuff back and forth. Do you think they've missed you? I don't know. Have you missed them? Yeah. How about you? You really bonded with those girls. Yeah, I did. I really wanted to bring them on a road where they didn't have to go down what we call this rabbit hole that they've gone down. And I knew that they were getting into deep, deep trouble. And, and I wanted to change it. They were 1,200 miles away. You can't parent 1,200 miles away. We asked for information from their mother, and she didn't provide it. Both of you would cry and miss them when they left. Yeah, every time we would, we yeah, would weep. Yeah, yeah. For a couple and of weeks. We, uh, I remember one time very distinctly, I had gone and specifically asked their mother, um, Cindy, about what's going on with them. The answer was, well, you know, they're doing the, they're doing teenage stuff. It was a very bad situation to begin with. You know, I looked at the letters that they had written you here. Yeah, you know, Hi, Daddy. I love my Daddy. I miss you a lot. In many ways, they ended up getting caught between myself and their mother. So would it surprise you if they felt a real sense of abandonment? No, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, you need to know you can be a big resource for me here, the two of you. Okay. Right. I mean, you can be a huge resource. I'm telling you, I'm grabbing for every tool I can find, everything I can okay. do. And you know Tacoa is six months pregnant. That's what we've heard. So there's a baby involved, right. an innocent baby. I'm just going to show you Sarah, you know, because that's, that's what we've put together. This is her life now. Nothing heroin, I don't know, it keeps you See what I mean? Yeah. When I say I, I, I need every tool I can get. We do have our own daughter that we have to protect in the process, and that was that was part of that's what what led us right. to having to walk away because I was pregnant at the time. I did not wait 35 years to have my daughter to go and have somebody else screw her up. I was so committed to her health 
And had I been able to change the life of Sarantacoa's daily life, I would have. But I had no control and I had no power. I couldn't change it, not from where we were at. I want y'all to spend some time with them, so I'm going to bring them down and let's just open the dialogue. They have no idea they're about to see you. They don't know you're here. Coming up, the twins confront the stepfather they say deserted them. I felt like you were supposed to love us unconditionally. You guys clearly felt abandoned. You had a biological daughter coming, so all of a sudden we became second-class daughters with problems, so that's it. You could have helped me. All of a sudden, you're just gone. Do you think you let him down? We now return to the Dr. Phil house. Hey, girls. Hey. How are you? Come in. There's somebody I want you to see. Oh, my, oh my goodness. goodness. <laughs> can, I, can I give y'all a hug? Yeah. It's time work time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's been so long. 11 years. <sighs> I know that y'all are fixing to go down a really hard road, and I wanted you to have something to hold when you felt like you needed something soft to give you comfort. This is for Aww. you, Takoa. <laughs> Thank you. Perry, tell me what you're feeling right now. Very much sadness for the directions that your lives have gone. We wanted so much more. It wasn't in our power, or at least we didn't think so at the time. Renee was pregnant with our daughter, and you guys were doing stuff in Columbia, and I tried to do the best I could. Probably wasn't a very good job. Y'all had a daughter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Wow. Sarah, what do you want to say? I don't know. <laughs> I'm in shock. <laughs> How did you feel when they cut off contact? I felt hurt, you know. We were doing bad things, but still, I felt like since you adopted us and you were supposed to be our dad, that you were supposed to love us unconditionally and not say, okay, I'm going to love you if you do this. That's how so, we saw it. That's how we saw it, yeah. and we were really hurt. Yeah. But I really think that it would have been a lot different if you were in our lives. It's real hard to be in your life when you're 1,200 miles away. I know. And that was our intention was to ask you to come live with us so that we could change the direction of your life. I mean, we knew that you got into trouble around 12, and that was the year we married. I would have not let you go down this road. Was there a condition on that? Did you say you can come live with us, but you've got to cut off contact with your mother? No. No, we never Absolutely said that. Not. From our understanding, it was something like that. Sarah, what do you remember? I just remember them saying, if you live with us, you can't talk to your mom. And if you live with your mom, you can't talk to us. Did you feel forced to choose? Yeah. It's understandable that young girls are going to feel abandoned mm -hmm. if all of a sudden you're just gone. We didn't know how to balance the two. Because when they did come into our lives, it was chaos. And I had a baby coming. And I had to learn how to be a parent for the first time. OK, but you've been in their lives for three years at that point, And you've been in their lives for a long, long time. There are two sides to all this. This isn't about placing blame or right or wrong. But you guys clearly felt abandoned at that point, And that's had an effect on you, has it not, Sarah? Yeah. Talk about that. I went to the psychologist when we started really using heroin a lot. And she said we had abandonment issues with men because 
our dad left us and then our stepdad left us. And that might be one of the leading factors. When did you start using heroin? I mean, after the ties were cut. How did you go 11 years without wanting to speak to your daughters? I felt like going and trying to continue reaching out would have brought more of those issues back into our lives that we had, at the time, we felt like we had no control over. We really were concerned that if they came back into our lives, they would injure our daughter because they had joked about that wouldn't it be funny to get them high? Or drunk. It was a, just a passing little joke, but it was enough for me to, like, be concerned. I really don't think we said that. I mean, and I'm not perfect, but we were Perry's adopted children. So I would think that you would look at us as daughters. I think what you're saying is you had a biological daughter coming, so all of a sudden we became second-class daughters with problems, so that's it. Don't need you anymore. We're gone. I mean, and that was our intention was to ask you to come live with us so that we could... Okay, hold on. L please let them talk to their father for a minute, okay? We really want to hear from you, but they want to speak to their father. That's how I felt. I can't That's how I felt too. Do you think your life would be in a different position? It would have been different. Because he would have been an influence, and he would have... Well, you need to say that. Look at your dad and tell him, you could have helped me, and you You could have helped me when we were using drugs and when we started getting bad. I don't know how I could have helped you at the time. I'm very sorry. And I know that doesn't mean squat. What did you want from him that you didn't get? Even just a phone call. What do you want from your dad now? Nothing, really. He hasn't been in our life since, so I don't know. You still aren't sure that you want a relationship with either one of them, right? No, I'm not Because, I mean, sure. you're kind of here to see if they can be there without creating problems. Oh, we'll create problems. <laughs> we're addicts. Of course, we're going to create problems. Even if we aren't using, we'll create problems. If you knew then what you know now, would you have done the same thing? If you knew those two girls were going to wind up sitting on that couch in this room with you, me, Renee sitting yeah. here, addicted to heroin, pregnant, prostituting on the streets, all that, would you do what you did? Absolutely not. Do you think if they had had a strong male relationship that taught them to feel valued through thick and thin, that they might have made different decisions about things like prostitution and drugs? That would have changed a lot of things. Do you think you let them down? Yeah. Coming up, the twins give their mother some shocking news. Guess who we just saw? Harry. He deserted you. He treated you like his own children until there was a problem. Did he blame me for it? The twins just confronted their stepfather for the first time since he walked out on them 12 years ago. Their mother, Cindy, is just returning to the house, not knowing what the girls have been up to with their stepfather, Perry. The twins can't wait to fill her in about their emotional encounter. Okay. Guess who we just saw? Who? Just guess. Just guess. We were talking about it earlier. Perry. Yep. You saw him. They brought Perry, Perry and Renee. And Renee? They had to go. They were all trying to act like they tried their best. And everything. And Dr. Phil was like, so you didn't talk to them for 12 years and you care or something, you know? Well, we just and flat out. It went well, yeah. Me and Scott told them. What he did made a huge impact 
and our decisions. Mm -hmm. And that, he's in drugs. Yeah, and how did he take that? I mean, he just continued with the spiel that he did the best he could and that um, he saw the path we were going and they had a child on the way and they were afraid that we would bring that in their life with their new child. Did he blame me for it? No. Well, he just said you wanted to, to live, live with us so we could help you, basically saying, that you would not have been able to help us. So how did you leave it? Are you guys gonna like talk to him again? No. no. He doesn't want to be. He but doesn't. Neither he do doesn't we. still. Neither do okay. We. But he said, "We love you and we care that you get your life together." But we don't want to continue contact. What is that? It's, What's that? I don't have, know. You know. What is that? Is that just like screw you up? As it is now, I don't think I can have them in my life. I'm very concerned that Serentakoa could potentially introduce drugs to my daughter who is 10. I don't know how much they really hate me. Maybe they would go out of their way to do something to hurt her. I don't know. Renee and Barry are still closed-minded. Well, that's interesting. I know. Isn't that shocking? Or is it shocking? He deserted you, basically. So make perfect sense for him to be here. And it wasn't about me. This had, I mean, our issues were separate. Yeah. The fact that he cut you out of his life had nothing to do with me. Yeah. He treated you like his own children until there was a problem. Exactly. Well, I hope you feel some kind of relief or closure or something from it, from seeing him. Life is just full of surprises. Yeah. I think that was really instrumental in this process for them. It allowed them to confront Perry and to ask him directly, you know, why he chose to do what he did and estrange himself from their lives. I think it was definitely instrumental for the girls to move on. It was just 12,000 miles away. I was like, at least a phone call. I'm really glad that we have the opportunity to let them know that we care. The reality is that we never stopped caring, but I didn't give birth to them. And I don't love them in the same sense that I have the love for my daughter. I would love to be able to support them emotionally, but I can't allow them to come into my personal space. They gave us these dogs, like, like, after you need to send those back. 12 years. Do you want those? No. no. We don't want these dogs. If you need something soft to hug, hug it. Is that what, what he said? said? They are weird. They are weird. They are weird. How did I marry that thing? They are weird. In, really... in all those years, they never called? No. Never. No. Nothing. Not a car, not a nothing. What do you think his motivation was in coming today? No, and his thick little I'm head really to make him continue to think that the decision he made was the best for him and his family. You guys didn't feel any emotion at all other than anger? No, I mean, mean, it wasn't just anger. I felt somewhat like... I just feel sorry for their, their daughter. Because... How narrow-minded they are. I think before Renee, he was caring. You she had a good time with him. When we were married... It was fine. It, Renee whooped my dad. <laughs> she did. And She's weird. something happened. Because he is not that weird. No, he wasn't. That's weird. Bringing me a fluffy dog. Like, okay. 
Yeah. After 11 years, I'm supposed to hold this dog that you gave me. This whole experience with them seeing Perry and Renee was very good because there were a lot of questions that got answered today. Coming up, the girls get a surprise message from Dr. Phil. Here's what I want to do now. We now return to the Dr. Phil house. Oh, no. Here we go. Well, hello, girls. Hey. So, um, tell me how you felt about uh, seeing Perry. It's crazy. It's wild. I want to thank you, though, Dr. Phil, for giving me the chance to, like, get out, get that all out. And a lot of people don't get that chance to face somebody that made that much of a significance in their life and say those things. So I just wanted to say thank you. Well, you're welcome. I'm very serious about giving you the chance to take yourselves down a new path. And the first step in doing that has taken place with you coming to the Dr. Phil house and being there. And you guys know that I stood up for you guys really strong with Perry and with Renee because I wanted them to understand what they have to own in all of this. And that's why I said the things that I said. Well, here's what I want to do now. It's time to go from the Dr. Phil house to the rehab center. And I'm going to send you to two separate rehab centers. Tacoa, I want to send you to the Creative Care Center at Northridge. And Sarah, I want to send you to the Creative Care Center in Malibu. I want to do this because I want you to spend this initial time standing on your own two feet to get you not only drug free, but get your life moving in the right direction. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, totally. I totally understand. Yeah. Now let me tell you also that this is just the next step in a journey. We need you to go through rehab to get the skills that you need. And when you come out of there, we then need to start making plans to transition you into life. And I'm going to be talking with you guys and helping you in the area of getting jobs, getting a place to stay, all of those things to let you be proud of who you are in life. This is a marathon, and we're just on the first few laps. So that's the plan, and this is just the beginning, OK? OK. Very cool. Now, you know, I've, I've seen Joni around there in the house as I've been monitoring you guys. Every chance you get, you need to give that woman a big, big hug. Exactly, I know. I love Junie. She saved my life this summer. All right, enjoy your evening. I'll be talking to you tomorrow. Okay. Thanks, Dr. Phil. Have a good night. I, I knew they were going to separate us. I knew but, I mean, that's good, though, because we do. You'll be close enough. We do. We can be negative together mm -hmm. and positive, but we do need to be separate for a little bit. I know that I might not like being away from Sarah, but it's going to really help me in the long run. And I want to give Judy a hug. Did you hear him say that? I love you. It has been wonderful to be in this house with my mom and my sister together and to sit down and eat together. We haven't done that in years. So it's been great. Thank you, Sydney. Thank you, Merle. Thank you, Merle. What do you guys think Cindy could have done? I think she did all that she could with the resources that she had. And I feel really guilty a lot of times about the fact that when I was using, I didn't speak with my mother. We were going to do what we were going to do. Mom tried her best. 
I felt really bad about and guilty about a lot of things. Knowing that they do have this insight gives me some self-satisfaction as well. This is you need to put underneath your tongue and let it dissolve. You'll feel better for the ride up there. That's good. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being a good I'm not even the best nurse. <laughs> Today I'm going off to the rehab and I am very excited to go. I will not miss anything of my old life. The drug use, everything. You excited? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited. It feels good to be leaving the Dr. Phil house because I know that I'm taking the first major step in getting this ball rolling. Oh, you never showed me that one. Kind of didn't want to, but. I'm ready when you are. Here we go. Oh, I'm gonna wipe you, okay? We're gonna have lots of free time. It's been so long since I haven't had that fear. I was either gonna be going to one of their funerals or you know, just not knowing what was gonna happen next. Coming up, why the girls have to have one final meeting with Dr. Phil at the studio. All right, here we go. Hey. Hey. How are you? I'm good now. Uh -huh. I feel a little bit better. Are you? Do I look better? You do look better. Good. All right, I want you to meet Robin. She wanted to meet you guys. Hi, Robin, I'm Sarah. This is Tacoa. It's time to do this, and you, you guys know I'm sending you to two separate places for a reason. Yeah. I'm gonna monitor what's going on with you and understand this is just the first step. I mean, you're gonna be there not one day longer than it takes and not one day shorter than we need. Exactly. And we'll all know it at the same time. You'll know it, we'll know it. That those professionals that are just absolutely cutting edge will know it. We'll know that that baby is in the right shape and as healthy as we can possibly do. There's... All right, well, I'm gonna put you in these cars and okay. uh, send you on your way. The fact that Dr. Phil has expressed his commitment to being a partner in Sarah and Dakota's recovery just amazes me. Love you, Meryl. Thank you so, oh, so much. The Dr. Phil House has been wonderful. <laughs> I can't really sum it up any more than that. It's been great. Can I get a hug for everything you've done for us? You certainly can. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we're going to make this work, right? Okay, yes, we will. Okay. You all. All right, you betcha. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you having the courage to do all of this. All right, there you go. I'll talk to you soon. The best thing I've gotten out of being here is knowing that I have the chance to do this. I have one of the best teams behind my back helping me do this. You doing all right? Yeah. You know this is the right thing to do? I know it's exactly the right thing to do. I just can't believe it's actually happening. Thank you. They're going to be all right. Look at her. She's already looking better. I huh? know. It's incredible. It's Think of that days. video from the street and where she is now. It's just daylight and dark. I know it.
strong, okay? I can't express how grateful I am to him. I would just say thank you a million times. Bye, Sarah. There they go. I feel like they've truly got a chance now. I mean, yeah, I really do. I think, I think the main move is they're starting to believe that maybe I really can escape this. Maybe I can be alive and well and out there living on my own. I'm excited and nervous about going to creative care. So much is happening, you know. I'm just kind of taking everything as it comes. So I'm excited. This is so much the right next step. It's a lot better than being out on the streets. That's for sure. Do you want to be a part of Dr. Phil's live studio audience? Email us at drphil.com for free tickets. This year, Robin and I are asking everyone to help Toys for Tots provide toys for children in need. Please bring a new unwrapped toy to your nearest Toys for Tots location. Or go on to drphil.com and sponsor a toy so the Marines can purchase age-appropriate toys for children who would otherwise be forgotten. Let's make sure that every child receives a toy this holiday season. Please log on to drphil.com and give generously. Thank, Thank you, you for, for your, your support, support and happy, happy holidays. Holiday. The twins are off to creative care for an intensive rehabilitation. We will follow up with them and check in soon to see how they're doing. Now, I want to give a special thanks to my former guest, Joni, for bringing Sarah and Tacoa to the Dr. Phil house and getting them off the streets so they can have a chance at a healthy life again. If you want to see even more of Sarah, Tacoa, Cindy, and Joni, you can log on to our website, drphil.com, and click on the Dr. Phil house. There will be exclusive moments of streaming video taken directly from the house that you can only see on our website. On the next Dr. Phil house, a teen intervention. She's only 14 years old and having sex with older men for money, and she takes that cash to buy iPods and clothes. Her mother says she can't control her own daughter and fears she could end up dead. And she asked for my help to try to save her daughter's life. Thank you, goodbye. This is me talking to Sober Sarah, or the Sarah in six months that's going to be clean. I just want me to remember how bad I looked and how horrible it felt when I was detoxing and to make a promise to myself to try as hard as I can, even if things don't go my way sometimes, I know that it's for the good. Hopefully in six months I'll look a lot better than I do now. I should look a lot better and gain a lot of weight. <laughs> so I'm gonna think that I'm fat probably when I see this video. Today is the very first day of um, the treatment facility that I'll be going to and there are so many promises that I can make myself but I think the most important one is that I will dedicate as much time and effort that I put into getting high into staying clean and I promise myself I will listen and stay open because these people know what they're doing and um, promise to love myself. The twins are off to creative care for an intensive rehabilitation. We will follow up with them and check in soon to see how they're doing. 
Now, I want to give a special thanks to my former guest, Joni, for bringing Sarah and Tacoa to the Dr. Phil house and getting them off the street so they can have a chance at a healthy life again. This is me talking to sober Sarah or the Sarah in six months that's going to be clean. I just want me to remember how bad I looked and how horrible it felt when I was detoxing and to make a promise to myself to try as hard as I can, even if things don't go my way sometimes, I know that it's for the good. Hopefully in six months I'll look a lot better than I do now. I should look a lot better and gain a lot of weight. <laughs> so I'm gonna think that I'm fat probably when I see this video. Today is the very first day of um, the treatment facility that I'll be going to, and there are so many promises that I can make myself, but I think the most important one is that I will dedicate as much time and effort that I put into getting high and to staying clean. And I promise myself I will listen and stay open because these people know what they're doing. And, um, I promise to love myself. <laughs>